Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. Everybody, hold on. The world might be ending because my podcast partner, Casey Woolley, loved the movie we're talking about today, and it's a Pixar film? <laughs> okay, I, I, I think we need to preface first and foremost that this is probably, it's already been kind of weird that there's two grown Disney, or two grown men talking about Disney. I know it's kind of like awkward a little bit. Now we're two grown men talking about a coming-of-age movie of a 13-year-old girl. I totally get it, but... But, 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 yes, this movie, Turning Red, I, I, I couldn't contain myself and wait for this recording. I already put it out there on Facebook. I texted Matt. Um, and, this is and one of the, the few way, times that, like, I, I like we, we usually have don't talk about, no. you know, what we're going to say. And we, we kind of have an idea of well, how this going. episode is going to go. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm Casey, and uh, this is a Matt. Uh, for oh, those yeah, of you yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, the world the, was ending. I thought people should be, no. <laughs> and this is the Beers and Ears podcast. For those of you who are new and welcome, we do have, by the way, a lot, a lot of new listeners. Our, our downloads have skyrocketed over the last 30 to 45 days. So we do want to say thank you and welcome. Today uh, I looked, uh, someone uh, in Sweden downloaded like 60 episodes. Wow. So well, shout welcome. out to you in Sweden. I know a couple of my uh, league members who are on my bowling league are listening. Hi, Cisco. Hi, Joe. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Cisco in particular is looking very much forward to this episode. He asked me if we were going to do a, a Turning Red uh, podcast, and I said, absolutely we are. So anyway, we're reviewing the movie Turning Red today. Let's just get some of the, the stats out of the way real quick. Um this debuted uh, at the El Capitan Theater March 1st of this year. Uh, it was released on uh, Disney Plus on March 11th of this year, so just about a week ago. This is unusual for us. We usually give movies or, or new releases a few weeks to, to, to kind of go before we talk about them. But I don't know about you, Matt, but I feel like everybody has seen this movie or is talking about this movie we're going to get to that here in a couple of minutes. But. Well, this is, you know, this is the beauty of Disney+. Plus. I think that so many people were in this like, oh, it's it's a shame this isn't getting a theatrical release and blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, I I, I get it. Like, I get that, the like, seeing it in theaters is a different experience. I'm a big theater guy. But the, having it on Disney+, Plus makes it immediately accessible to a wider audience. I would have liked to have seen this, though, kind of get the Encanto treatment where it was in the theaters for 30 days and then got yeah. to Disney Plus. Um, I think, well, and we're going to talk about this. I, my belief, in my opinion, this deserved that. Um, I, I, I don't think, I don't agree with what a lot of the critics are saying that this was shoved to Disney Plus because of some of the content. I just think it was shoved to Disney Plus because when they had to make the decision, we were in the middle of the Omicron variant and they were just yeah. cautious. Um, that being said, this thing is made about $4 million at the box office. It cost $175 million to make, um, but it is directing a ton of people to Disney Plus, like you said. One thing I did notice, um, it has got a longer runtime than yeah. um, some of the other movies that, that have been put out there. It's got a hundred minute runtime. So it's, it's, it's like um, over that hour and a half mark. I think, I think on Disney plus it's showing up at like an hour and 45, which, you know, 10 minutes is 10 minutes, but for a kid's movie, that, that, that is a substantial amount more. <laughs> ten, 10 minutes so, is a long time for a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's notable about this is that it is the 25th movie in the Pixar line of movies. So uh, hitting the silver anniversary there of 25, wow. uh, 25 movies. So um, yeah, Matt, I think let's start here. You were really excited about this movie when they announced it back on like investor day, 2020. Yeah. Like, I remember you calling this one out and what, at the time I thought it was just going to be a short. Yeah. I, I'm the idea of a, teenager who turns into a red panda when she becomes too emotional just that like that <laughs> elevator pitch if, if that's an elevator pitch for a movie i'm in like i mm -hmm. you show me where the movie is showing and i will go see it um and i mean i you know you are not as much of a pixar fan i am a diehard pixar fan and so honestly anything that pixar is putting out i have a baseline excitement for it i also 
for I have an appreciation for coming of age stories. Some of it is my work with teens. And so like I see teens go through this kind of stuff often. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm I was very excited when this movie uh, when this movie was announced and when I saw the first trailers, I think too and one of the reasons why this movie resonates with me and many others is the the the, the director of this uh uh domi she uh she directed the pixar short bow yeah which, um in one of my in my opinion is one of just the cutest and most just heartwarming shorts that they've put out it, it so, is adorable i love that i love that it's kind of right up there with the the i lava you one. yes um, yes that one those those two but okay so I know. Okay, the way I think this episode should go because we got a, there's a lot we want. There's about. a lot here. There's a lot we want to talk about. <laughs> I want. I think maybe we can do our normal. Let's just talk through the movie real quick parts. Then we've got some deeper stuff I think we want to talk about because this movie in a lot. I mean, the fact that it's a coming of age movie. There's there's some deeper topics we want to get into that I know I want to get into. You want to get into. I also want to address this absolutely ridiculous criticism of this movie that was put out there by cinema blend that they got completely nailed for. So why don't we start with just the movie itself? Um, right off the bat, just overall thoughts, Matt. I mean, how are you feeling about it? You know, I'm high on it, which yeah, I'm, I'm, let me say this real quick, real quick. Just get it out of the way. In my opinion, this is the single best Pixar movie ever created. It Holy beats Toy Story. It beats Finding Dory. It fights, beats Finding Nemo. I will rewatch this over and over again. It is that good. Wow. It is in my top three Disney movies. It beats out Wreck-It Ralph, which is a big deal for me because Wreck-It Ralph has been on my list for however long Wreck-It Ralph's been out. Uh, so, it's coming up on 10 years, I believe. I yeah. think it was 2012. I, think I could right. be totally it, wrong it, about I think that. I think you're 2011 right. or 2012. Mm -hmm. But this beats that out. Um, this is up there with Aladdin for me. Wow. Um, that tells you how big of it. it doesn't beat Aladdin. I think Aladdin all is the best Disney movie of all time, but th this is, this has got that Disney magic touch. So that's where I'm at. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you're there, but I am totally there. I am. I'm not quite there. <laughs> um, now with that said, this is not a bad movie. I think it is a very good movie. Um, again, I think about it in thirds. I think this is the in the top third of Pixar movies. Okay. Um, um, I, again, I'm not quite to the point of, uh, you know, this is breaking my top five. I am still a, a Toy Story diehard and Inside <laughs> Out diehard. I mean, you know how I feel about Incredibles. Like, <laughs> like that, that is what it is. Um, and I have reasons why I think why it may not have resonated as much with me in that you know, this is a coming of age story of a 13 year old girl and I am not a 13 year old girl. And, um, uh, you know, the, the reason that you you, you will give later, I don't have that connection yeah, either. Yeah. And so I, I think that's some of it that, that my personal connection, um, um, my personal connection honestly was more to, uh, the parents of the situation okay. and kind of reflecting on, on that, which I'll get more into when we get into our our deeper discussion, but I think it's a very good movie. Very fun. Um, again, the idea that this teenager turns into a giant red panda is, is clever and funny that this is like a genetic pass down. Uh, and, and this happens. Um, I thought her relatives were very like the funny and wacky aunts and grandma. Uh, I thought the whole like, boy band four town thing was just so fun well to uh, that point actually i i think one of the reasons why i love this movie so much and i i thought was so cleverly done and i wasn't expecting this because you didn't realize they were going to do this until you saw the movie but it's set in 2002 yes like it's not present times it's mm -hmm. not like you know like a long time ago in, in ancient asia it's present times but it's 20 years ago so where was i 20 years i'm 38 years old i was 18 years old right mm -hmm. so so like for me i was in college i was only about five years older than this girl right but i that that whole boy band craze i remember that i yeah. lived through that in high school well and, and, and tamagotchis so and yes! like the early cell phones like yes! all that stuff is like yes! yes yes and i also resonated with the fact that they used a real city 
Yeah. You don't see that very often. You see, I know you saw it with Inside Out when they go to San Francisco for Minnesota. And um, it seems like maybe Pixar is set a little bit more in realistic times versus, but even then you got Metropolis or Monstropolis. You've got, yeah, I mean, you know, um, like, I guess, I guess Monsters Inc. does like reference, um, like there's the the one with uh, when George Sanderson has gone through the ringer of 2319s and his his partner's like, I got you a nice, quiet kid in Nepal. Nice, quiet Nepal. <laughs> like they reference that there's other places, actually, but you're to right. Actually be in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I, I visited Toronto when I was in the sixth grade. So I was one year removed from her. I visited the Sky Dome. I saw a baseball. In fact, I saw the Detroit Tigers play the Toronto Blue Jays at the Sky Dome, and Sparky Anderson waved to us. I remember oh, that's that. Cool. And when I was 12 years old or 11 years old, I remember going on the CN Tower and looking down to the Sky Dome from the CN Tower. So I remember that. So I think that that nostalgia of 2002 plays a huge part of this as well. Yeah, I, I, I and and definitely we are in the right demographic where yeah. 2002 was a very fun time for us that you know I would have been like 12 13ish you were in you were 18 like yeah. like that that was fun like that was a fun time it, it's a callback i mean th- th- this movie is so smartly done because it can attract the tweens now i kept thinking about my niece who's 10 years old who will be going through this not turning into a panda, but we'll be going through this coming of age thing here. <laughs> you don't pretty, know that. Pretty, right. Pretty, pretty quickly. Right. And then I also was thinking about myself 20 years ago. And again, while I'm not a teenage girl, I remember this time period. I remember the Backstreet Boys. I remember NSYNC. I remember, I think there was something called O-Town. Wasn't there? Wasn't there an O-Town? O-Town. Oh yeah. O-Town. Yeah, O-Town. There was NSYNC, yes. O-Town, Backstreet Boys, uh, 98 degrees, I think was one of them. Oh as yeah, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hanson, mm-hmm. um, you know, new the kids, new on, kids the block? on the block. But that was that yeah. was like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, that, that, that was, was. They were like the first official. Well, actually, the Beatles were the first official boy band. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, that, sure. that whole period you had, and then there was the one that that uh, that um, they made that movie about that thing you do. I think. Oh, I don't know. Um, anyway, but so it sounds to me like again great movie top third for you not breaking your top five okay yeah yeah that's where i'm at let's talk just um i think one of the other reasons why it it, it's powerful for me and resonates for me is the fact that it's got that asian culture element so i don't know if i've ever said it on this pod before but i am a huge fan of the movie crazy rich asians okay you ever seen that movie i have seen that movie and it's very good that movie is phenomenal like okay there, there are certain movies out there last holiday with queen latifah is one of them um crazy rich asians is another one of them um okay, can i pause of... for a second yeah. i have i have a hilarious thing that will take me five seconds okay. when i was little i thought that queen the band queen and queen latifah were the same people <laughs> <laughs> it took that me is... a long time like oh wait no no these are separate things okay yeah, so those are very Please continue. separate things but anyway, there are certain movies. Oh, the movie Waiting is another one of those movies that, that I, like, there are certain movies you can just pop on and watch them. Shawshank Redemption is another one. Like, but Crazy Rich Asians, when it came out, I went to see it in the theater. I loved it. I went back to see it in the theater. I don't go see movies in the theater twice. That one I did. Then when it came out on, on, on streaming, I watched it there. I bought it on DVD. Like, it's a fun movie. This movie reminds me of Crazy Rich Asians. It really does. It's like an animated, you know, like a younger version of Crazy Rich Asians, I think. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Well, that aesthetic, the, the, you know, Asian aesthetic, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Big Hero 6 is uh, people like the San Francisco, the Mm -hmm. blend of San Francisco and Tokyo. That's a really interesting blend. So it, 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 that, that's a, and it's it's different than what we're seeing, I guess. Like that's not something we've seen in a lot of movies. Well, and something that I read as I was kind of setting up on this. So, it's a couple, a lot of um, inspirations. I'm going to read this right here. She, uh, the director describes the film's overall look as an Asian tween fever dream. Several anime influenced um, the looks of the film, including Sailor Moon, Ranma, Half, Fruit Baskets, and Inuasha. To capture these anime influences, hand-drawn 2D animated effects were added atop Pixar's 3D animation. 
And then it also says um, that the because you were seeing this through um, the the kind of the the thirteen year old's mindset, it's very much a stylized, idealistic version of um, Toronto. And uh, the director compares the plot of the film to Disney's A Goofy Movie, a similar coming-of-age movie involving a parent and child trying to mend the relationship with a pop band as part of the film's climax. It, which I, I think is awesome. Until you mentioned that, I was like, there are a lot of similarities. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, there, there are so many elements, elements of this movie that are just really, really fun. And... I guess the question that I have, and I saw this on on social media, I I don't remember who, but if they're going to have a meet and greet, what pavilion does she go in? Canada or uh, China? Ah, that's a great question. I, I, (laughs) me, I think it'd be China. I I really do think it'd be China. But I, you know what? That's a really good question. I don't know. Maybe maybe they roam. Maybe it roams. (laughs) Maybe the panda. They're going to have to have a meet and greet. I mean, that panda is just awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like I, I, he, awesome. here's the thing is I think that panda could be something like Kevin is at Animal Kingdom. Yeah. That yeah. just kind of roams a little bit. That is this big towering red panda. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what I would get a picture taken with a with a Malin Wren panda. You know what I am really shocked about, though, is that it, and this goes back to something that makes me wonder if they thought that this was not going to be a hit. They barely have any merchandise for this like i looked at shop disney today you know we're a week on and other than the 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 malin plush and some clothes there's nothing else there's not a fix set for it Mm -hmm. there's no mugs for it there's no t-shirts for it i i honestly wonder if this got pushed to disney plus because you know we, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago with the encanto episode you know, Disney, as much as we'd like to think of them as a leader, they they are not really a leader when it comes to these issues. And sometimes they get pushed around a little bit. And I'm wondering if they just thought, eh, this wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah, you I know? also don't know whether I, I have seen some more um, merch down in the parks. I've seen a okay. lot of people that are down in the parks that a lot of turning red things have come. But also, I I think it's a normal first run that. It, it, I mean, maybe a little bit less because it's a Disney Plus, but it, it's they always want to be careful with how much merch of a movie they get until they really see what kind of hit they have on their hands. Um, but, I, I, but I guess I'm talking about both sides of my mouth. Like the fact that there's no fig sets or T-shirts or anything like that, that's weird. They've, but, only, got, they've only got, I'm on Shop Disney right now, 19 items. Now, yeah, like that's... that's of of not, those items, I know that seems like a lot, there's a blanket and plush bag. There's the the turning red plush. There's two pens. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine different types of kids' clothing. There's the uh, Panda May plush pillow, and there's an ear. There's an earband, a mini ear mouse earband, and a hat. I don't know. But Is like, that it? Just it just doesn't seem. I guess no think toys. about it though. Outside of a fig set. Is that really any different than what mugs, we've mugs? That's true. A mug. Um, uh, I think you know. Again, kids' t-shirts, adult t-shirts. There aren't any. Um, and there's one kid t-shirt in there. I don't know. It, it just it feels really light on the plush. Like again, there's no. Again, there's only the mail-in plush. Now, I will say this. I know they have been plagued with logistics issues, supply chain issues. True. So maybe this stuff is sitting in a harbor somewhere while they're you know trying to get it through. I just it makes me wonder. And again, being on Disney Plus, maybe they just scaled it down or whatever, or they're realizing you know with only being on Omni or on on uh, on on online and no actual physical stores anymore. Like I was at Target today, nothing. There was no turning red merchandise at all. You think there would be a section for it, but there wasn't. So it's interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. You know what's funny? We, we've talked about this in the past. Um, I I think this is a this is a a franchise that is primed for a Disney Plus TV series. I think you'd very easily make a TV series out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very um, like continuing the well adventures of her and her friends. And there's also the unique possibility too, if they wanted to go into sequel territory, 
you jump ahead 20 years and Maymay is now, tw- you know, thir- uh, 33 and her daughter's now going through this. You mm-hmm. could, you could have a whole sequel set in present time as well. True. So there's, yeah, there's that... a lot of ways you could do that. <laughs> yeah. No, there, there is possibilities there. And again, Disney plus allows you to do more of that. Um, that it, it, I mean, I don't think this begs a sequel, but no, you could do it. Absolutely. You could, you know, what we have to talk about is the music. This is not a musical, but the music is awesome. Oh, it's I, it's. I downloaded all three songs. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's the Four Town music is if if you like boy bands, and like early two thousand boy band music, you will love Four Town. Yes, yes. There's actually four songs from Four Town, but two of them are the same song. One's the the way it's set in the credit, and one's set for the montage when they're collecting the money. It's the the um, what what's it called? What goodness gracious i gotta pull it up here it's, uh, <laughs> it's called oh you you know what's up you know what's up it's the one where they're singing i did it on my own yeah it's a, it's a good yeah there's 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 true love nobody like you and then there's two versions of you know what's up there's the montage version and the version um in the credits i'd like to think like if the disney store was still open what kind of an event we would have around this Oh gosh. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Oh, we would definitely be doing a four town event. <laughs> yes, we would, baby. It, it would. Like, what would the event be before the movie came out? And then what would the event be after the movie came out? Because you know they always have two different versions. Oh yeah, there's always two different ones. But um, yeah, that, yeah. That, that would be good. I could see like a scavenger hunt around the store to find to find money to go see Four Town and we collect the money and then the, the concert comes up or something. That that could be that could be that could be the, a way the, to do Okay, it. this is there was an event that was a descent dancing one did you ever lead that one yeah the one that you had to learn the darn dance it was like impossible like 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 a huge part of it yes yeah and the kids got it i'm over there looking looking like a fool i'm like "Uh uh-uh i can't do this because i used to actually i led that and i used to play that dvd occasionally just because it had the music in it because it was the it was the latest version of descendants yeah yeah okay um Let's move into the the characters because I think moving into the characters is going to kind of lead us into like mm-hmm. the deeper conversation. I think something you said earlier is interesting. You're right. There's not necessarily a character that you can necessarily relate to other than the parents in this. So why don't you kind of go into yeah. that? Because then so, I'll talk about mine. Yeah. So I've joked often on this podcast of you can tell when you're getting old, when you start relating to the parents rather than the main character. And I use the little mermaid as the hilarious example of this, where, you know, 16 year old, it was like, I'm 16. I can make my own decisions. And, <laughs> and, you know, as a kid, you're like, yeah, come on, she can make her own decisions. And now that I'm a parent, I'm like, no, listen to your dad. Come on. <laughs> um, but Get off this, my lawn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, as with this, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking at more of in relating to the motives of the parents. So let me be very clear. I am not an over, an overbearing parent like Malin's mom is. Um, but it is, it, what's clear in her motivations is that she really loves her daughter. She really, really does. And, um, and and how she is going about that it's a classic case of doing the wrong thing for the right reasons that her reasoning is pure and good but how she's going about it is is not correct (laughs) okay okay i agree with you and she clearly does love her daughter i mean again this kind of goes to the crazy rich asians plot too that you know she clearly loves her son etc etc that said in what world does showing up to your daughter's school, waving those pads around, saying you forgot your pads in front of all of your friends, make any sense whatsoever? Like, I really liked the character of Ming. I thought I thought mm-hmm. the actress played an amazing played an amazing part. I, I felt the dad was aloof, but he came in at just the right point when when Jen comes in and has that conversation. But like, I do feel like her mom was oblivious to just the embarrassment that she was causing this poor girl. Like it makes no sense to me. So, um, yes. Um, there are parents that do this level of stuff and, 
and it having my wife having worked in a school, working with teens and in interacting with their parents, there are absolutely parents, maybe not this specific example, but there are absolutely parents that do stuff in front of everyone that that I'm sure the kid is just melting. When she showed up and Maymay, tell her you forgot your pants. <laughs> I was, I was, I was mortified. I screamed, oh no. And I gasped. Like I was mortified for her. I yeah. was so like, well, your, and, your life at that point is over as a teenager. Well, you know? And uh, I mean, movies also have to over-exaggerate for effect. In my opinion, I think that, that characters are often made, you know, problems are made more grander to really drive the point home. I get but, it. But in, I, in I, terms... I remember having I remember when I was around that age, I was in a pool in my neighbor's house and I had just started to get a couple chest hairs and I was so embarrassed about it because I was 13 and I was turning yeah. this really weird thing. Right. There's hair and growing my, out of me. my neighbor, my neighbor at the time, I'm not going to say which one, but my neighbor, one of my friend's parents, eh, you know, Casey, you're getting chest hair. I was mortified because he mm-hmm. said it in front of all these people. Now he was, you know, being complimentary about it. He didn't mean yeah. anything, but I was mortified by it. So I just, I felt that on mm-hmm. such a fundamental level. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but I, but I enjoyed same thing with Encanto. I enjoyed that you have this parental figure, this person who is, who is a matriarch of the family who who is doing things and and doing behaviors that are detrimental to the rest of the family in Encanto it was to everyone in this case it's towards Maylin and then they work through the trauma with their kid or yeah. with their grandkid and then on the other side come out of it as okay now we are we are parenting and have a relationship that is a good parent to kid relationship. You still have responsibility at home. I I liked that part of it, that it was not like a, Oh yeah, you're 13. You can go be free now and do whatever you want. Like it was a, no, you still have responsibilities here at home, but you know what? You, you are a good kid. You do get good grades you do have good friends. I trust those people. Yes. Let's let you can go and hang out with them. And I, I appreciate that whole arc of things. The, the the writing in this movie was spectacular. The the writers did such a good job capturing reality. I mm-hmm. I think okay, and I think this is where we maybe get into a little bit of the 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 criticism that's out there. Because there, there, there's there's two there's two criticisms out there and and We'll talk about the period criticism here in a second. But one of the criticisms out there is that this movie is too mature and gives it too mature for children. It gives them ideas of revolting against their parents. It 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 gives killed children the ability to say, you know, permission to say no or or to think about things that they otherwise would not be thinking about. And 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 here and, and I'm sure you have some thoughts on this. Like they're already. Th- th- this is this is reality. Like yeah, th- this is what the, the the writers did such a good job capturing this from every angle imaginable. You have this from this thirteen year old perspective trying to balance life. Trying to she thinks she's an adult. Thirteen is a big age for a lot of cultures, not just Asian cultures is a big age in general. When you're 13, you're officially a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. So you're coming of age. All these things are happening to your body, right? On top of that, you are given more responsibility. I mean, I was home alone when I was 13 years old. Yeah. How do you know? Um, From a parent's perspective, that's around the time where you want your kid to stay a kid, but they're changing. They're becoming a young adult. They're starting to want things and they're pulling away. Kids are dealing with, I've got my friend group over here. I think the friends were spectacularly written. Yeah. I've got my friends groups over here who are telling me one thing, trying to show me one thing. I've got my parents over here who I still have this relationship with and I want to please, right? And then I've got all these things happening with my body at the same time. This director, which by the way, I want to point out, is the first only female director Pixar has ever had on a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
did such a great job capturing those moments. And then, again, we, we, let's talk about the fact that it shows what happens to a 13-year-old girl, which is a natural part of life. She gets her period. Yep. She gets her period. And, and, or at least her mom thinks she's getting her period. She, she actually doesn't get it quite yet, but she, her mom thinks she's and, and, and let's be clear. You don't see anything. No. Like, it is just, it is referenced in word. They don't even actually say the word. I they don't. They the red peony. Is, is, yes. what, is what the mom calls it. And she goes out and buys all these different pads and ibuprofen and talks. It's actually kind of a humorous plot point. Yes. Which, by the way, I want to get to a plot hole here in a second. Oh, um, okay. Uh, it's a humorous plot point. But, okay, so what? here's what happened. This is the criticism that we're talking about. When the movie came out last week, there was a opinion writer. Uh, let me see if I can find this guy's name. Uh, from Cinema Blend. Um, let's see here. do, 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 do. Right here. Uh, Sean O'Connell, what an idiot, from Cinema Blend, in which he called the focus on the Chinese girl film as limiting to a broad audience and that by rooting Turning Red very specifically in the Asian community of Toronto, the film legitimately feels like it was made for the Domi Shi's friends and immediately fam- family members, which is fine, but also a tad limiting. The review received backlash by members of the press calling it sexist and racist. Crew and cast members of the movie eventually spoke up on the case. Um here i'm trying to figure out what this said uh right here attention drawn by o'connor's review led parents and other audience critics to raise further issues with the film due to the character specifically bringing up concerns that the film aimed at a family audience brings up the issues of menstruation teenage crushes and sexuality and disobedience towards one's parents which these people felt were topics best left for parents to discuss with their children on their own uh, okay. Okay. I, I have to jump in here. Yeah. <laughs> First, um, it is from a child development standpoint, it is good development wise for children to rebel against their parents. Yep. Like that is a natural thing that happens. You move from, I want approval from my parents to, I want approval from my friends. That is, that is natural. And also, this whole, it teaches disobedience to parents. Ariel disobeyed her father. Jasmine disobeyed her father. Uh, Belle disobeyed her father. Like, like this is not, this is not like, like a, a new phenomenon that all Disney characters up until this point have always done what their parents say. Like, that, that's, that's Simba ridiculous. disobeys his father. Yes. Like, come on now. Absolutely ridiculous. And that's, and that's totally natural. And really, them sneaking out to go to a concert is harmless <laughs> it really is i mean uh, i mean, I mean like, we're uh, not advocating 13 year olds sneak no. out to go to a concert by any means whatsoever but the reality is is these thoughts are already there this is a normal part of life how many of you did not disobey your parents at one point or another lie to your parents at one point or another when you were a kid because that is what you do you are testing boundaries mm-hmm. that's what this is this is a this is this isn't some groundbreaking movie where where this has never been done before. If anything, it's probably more Disney polished than most because it, it has the Disney polish on it, mm-hmm. right? So again, I, I just this criticism, and I'm so glad to see that um, right here it says movie critics from the New York Times, the Daily Beast, and Vox responded that such criticisms are misplaced since these are the natural topics that reflect the realities of 13-year-old girls and boys, mind you, should not be considered taboo and praise the movie for its honest portrayal of these behaviors. So this this movie, just so you know, 95% of 226 226 critics' reviews are positive. Not not surprised. 95%. And it has an average rating of 8 out of 10. uh, And then Metacritic has a score of 83 out of 100 based on 51 critics. Those are some high marks, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that supports like very good to great in that range. Yeah. Um, I, I got two things. One, if you don't want your kid exposed to that, that is okay. I I, I think it is a misguided uh, notion, which I'll get to in just a minute. But 
ultimately, you as the parent, there is no law out there that says Disney Pixar releases a movie, your child has to watch it. Um, so screen the movie before you say, and if you don't think it's appropriate for your kid, you say, hey, listen, we're not going to watch that. And you as the parent have the right to do that. This, to, this to, is a bigger, this is a bigger, I think, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bigger commentary on, on society where we're at right now that for whatever reason, there are, there's a subsect of parents out there who don't want to take responsibility for raising their kids. They want to push the blame on to the teachers. They want to push the blame on to the video games. They want to push the blame onto TV, onto movies. And for whatever reason, this idea that Disney is synonymous with family and family means conservative values. We talked about this on the Encanto episode, conservative values only. It's bold. You know what? Sorry, kids. It's bull crap. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's not correct. Like, and, and to to think that any company, not just Disney, is going to 100% of the time fall in line with your values is, that's foolish. And so take responsibility as a parent. I mean, I know I'm going to do that. Like, I'm not going to assume that every Disney movie that comes out is going to be appropriate for my kids. I would argue that probably 99% of them, but there may be one that that I guess I'm thinking in the past, like if if Hunchback of Notre Dame were to come out today and I were to go see that, I I'm not sure that's one I'm really like rushing out for my kids to see. We I had, love that movie. We had Aiden on a couple weeks ago. He's not seen it. Aiden, I think, is is eight or nine at this point. I don't necessarily know if Hunchback of Notre Dame is ready for an eight-year-old. I think that's more of a preteen, probably 12 or 13 at that point. Exactly. They and understand so and they can process a little bit more. And so like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to screen movies before I, I show them to my kids because that is my responsibility as a parent. And then the second thing is, okay, there's a tough topic. First of all, Kids are way smarter than you think they are. Yes, they probably they are. already know. And here's the problem that happens if you, the parent, do not talk about it. They get the information from one of two places, their yep. friends or the internet. Yep. One of those or places um, is riddled with uh, um, inconsistencies and misinformation. Both of those places are. And the other one has the possibility to. Um, well, both of those places are riddled with inconsistencies and misinformation. And moreover, the one of those places, you're going to get a lot more filth than you would in a movie like this. I, I want to say something about this. I think this movie is actually opposite of what these, critis, these, these critics are, 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 are arguing, which is this movie is a great go-to source for parents to use yes. when their kids start to go through this. Like whether you have a boy or girl at home, Hey, remember turning red? Remember when May started going through that change and she was a panda and she wasn't, you know, that's kind of what your body's doing now. So-and-so your body's going through these changes and you're going to start to become a young man or a young woman. That's a part of life. Like if anything, this provides you an ability, almost an out to some degree, to be able to talk about it in ways that your child can understand and relate to. And listen, this is not the only movie that 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 you can do this with. I mean, um, other movies that Inside Out, like Inside <laughs> Out, movies in the past where, like, I'm thinking about a Peter Pan where we go through the Native American scene and stop and go. Hey, let's talk about that. Yes. <laughs> like yes. it's like movies and Disney movies have this great connection of um of of being of, of an easing a way into a tough conversation. And also, um in college, I did a paper on uh do video games make you violent? So mm -hmm. if I if you play violent video games, are does that mean you're going to become violent? And the research says no. The research is hands down no. Yeah. Hands says down no. 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 And, and even I think about what did I watch when I was a kid? What was I exposed to as a kid? I, 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 there was, I knew that there was a, you know, obviously there's always exceptions. But for the most part, kids know that the stuff that's going on on TV is on TV. That is a different world than it is here. And so um, it... it it, this whole idea that I'm going to see something on TV, like, again, I'm going to see Maylin sneak out of her house and I'm going to think, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak out of my house now. No, <laughs> it's like it's like when the movie Ferris Bueller came out. There wasn't a rash suddenly of kids skipping school because Ferris Bueller skipped school and went downtown Chicago and karaoke with Wayne Newton. I mean, come yeah. on, like it just that, that this is this is entertainment. Mm-hmm. I th- here's what it boils down to: it's a movie about a girl finding her own empowerment so you've got the sexist who are pissed off about it it's a girl about it's a positive movie about the asian community and and having positive stereotypes not negative stereotypes right so the all the white old men out there get a stick up their butt about it again i apologize that we're bringing politics into it but that's what that's what this is it's it's this criticism is sexist and racist i i would not even say it's necessarily like just white old men but it's it's parents who did not have a positive experience going through this talk with their parents Mm -hmm. and think it's not appropriate for me to talk about that with my kids and so it's this I think it brings up that trauma and there's this big reaction to it where it, I'm not going to have as big of a reaction to it. Cause I'm like, listen, if my kid, you know, um, my kid, it, you know, figures out what this is, I'm just going to tell her what it is. And exactly. let me be very clear too. If you have children, you know, this, your kids follow you everywhere, but especially the most interesting place that you can be in your house is the bathroom <laughs> to a child. That is the most interesting you can be. The second you have to take a dump, the kids are like, you are now the most interesting <laughs> thing in this world. I think that's the first time we've said that phrase on this podcast. <laughs> I hope it doesn't get us a PG rating. I don't know, man. I don't um, know. But uh, bathroom, hum- <laughs> bathroom humor is PG. We're all fine. Absolutely. Shrek makes, a, you know, fart jokes. and yes. uh, um, But – so honestly, there's a good chance that my children will come in contact with with um, the female body by being in the bathroom because they wander in. So I, I, again, I think we, we get we do not give kids enough credit for how much they know and how much they realize of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And 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 like you said, this to me is a perfect ease into this conversation it's not done and it's really it's a minor plot point and and, and by having by not having conversations with your children by not talking about this stuff like you said they're going to pick it up from their friends or from the internet and they become more curious about it because you're not talking about it because it's somehow taboo because you're not talking about it and that's how unwanted pregnancies happen that's how unprotected you know what happens that's how kids get sick that's how they get unhealthy because they you're not having those upfront conversations this is just science folks and like i agree with you this is a minor plot point but the fact that it became such a big deal i think in a lot of ways is what drew a lot of people to the movie to see what's going on with this yeah oh i mean this is one of those times where it's uh, what's it called the barbara streisand effect have you heard about that i have not so there, it's either the Barbara Streisand effect. Hold on, I gotta see if it's which one this is. There, there's, there's. Uh, hold on one second. Here's a Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand effect. Yes, the Barbara Streisand effect. So you're gonna, you're gonna. This is hilarious. I, I look okay. about this. It's a phenomenon that occurs when, when an attempt to hide, remove, or censor information has the unintended consequence of increasing awareness of that information often via the internet. It's named after singer Barbara Streisand, whose attempt to suppress the California Coastal Records Project's photograph of her residence in Malibu, California, taken to document California's coastal erosion, inadvertently grew attention to the photograph in 2003. So it is the Streisand effect, which is the more you try to hide it, remove it, censor it from circulation, the more people want to know about it. And yeah. I think that's what happened here. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of people that have seen this movie and talked positively. And again, I will say this again. If you do not want your kids to watch it, that's okay. You have the power. You have the power Thank you, man. <laughs> uh, to say this is not something we watch in our house. And that's okay. I'm sure everybody has things in their household that is, you know what? That's not a movie we watch for reason X, Y, Z. I'm sure we can all think of ones when we were kids that we didn't watch for whatever reason. It, it, you know, there were there were reasons behind it, even if it's as simple as 
dad hates that movie and we're never yeah. watching it. We weren't allowed to drink Mountain Dew in the house. Yeah. Because as my mom and dad would say, you would be bouncing off the walls. That's that's what you were always told. So I had well, and, and Sloppy Joe's. We never had Sloppy Joe's. Really? Never had. I have an obsession with Sloppy Joe's now because I never got to eat them as a kid. It's it's your forbidden fruit. It is. It is. I'm trying. What's, okay. What's what's that for me? I don't know. <laughs> I, I know my parents listen to this podcast, so maybe they'll text me and say this is your. Come on, Colleen. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got to help us out here. I, Post it in the Facebook. Group. I don't. I don't. I'm trying to think of like what did I splurge on when I like lived by myself. I can't really think of anything that was like out of the ordinary that I bought. I did have a Mountain Dew like a month ago, and I was like, I feel like I'm a teenager again. This is right? cool. I no, feel if cool. It was, if it was surge, then I would feel like a teenager. Remember surge. surge. Oh yes. man. Surge. surge was the the Coca Cola version of of, of yes. Of All right. I want to talk, um, as we kind of come around the bend here, I want to talk about one of the other characters here. Um, I, I want to talk about Tyler. I texted you I was going to have this conversation. This is going to be a tough conversation. I think one of the reasons why I resonated with this movie so much is I was Tyler. Now, I was a little bit older, but I was Tyler. I, I Tyler is the bully, or at least that's who he appears to be in the movie. He's the one who first makes fun of May when uh, Ming goes down to the the Daisy Market and and calls out. Is it Devin? I think Devin. Yes, <laughs> Devin. Devin, the clerk for you know apparently having inappropriate contact with her daughter, which never happened. It was just a drawing. But you know he makes fun of her, and then he continues to make fun of her. Um, but there's a scene, the, the scene when when he's underneath the bleachers. And he's like, I need to talk to you. And and so she comes down there and he, he says to her, you know, I'm having a birthday party and I want you to come as the panda because I want everyone to show up. Or I want people to actually come. This I think this is a really important um, moment in that sometimes in movies, bullies are just they're they're over amplified as bullies. In reality, people don't bully to bully. People don't bully just because they're mean people. Under most circumstances, there's some exceptions. But especially at that age, they don't bully to bully. Bullies are most often being bullied themselves. Or there's something emotional or physical going on. And when somebody is doing the bullying, it, it, it's important to step back and, 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 and realize that they could be lonely. There could be something going on that, and, and, and to try to be their friend as much as you can. In Tyler's case, you don't. I did. I did not see this plot twist coming, Matt. I don't know if you did either, but you hear that. So that moment when he says, "I need you to come as the panda," that was an emotional moment. Like you don't think about it, but he's basically saying, "I got no friends. I got no friends, and I want people to come." Now you think if you, if you kind of take it for the fact that he's a bully, oh well, of course you don't have any friends. You're a bully, but. Again, why are you a bully? What's going on? So then, they're at the they're at the party, and and things seem to be working out okay. But then, you know, obviously, May May attacks attacks Tyler, and, and that's that. And he's like, "Get off of me!" You know, whatever, whatever. You don't realize until they're at the concert when the four of them spot Tyler that he is in fact a four town fan, a four townie, a four townie. Thank you. And. There's a moment when they when they come up on stage and all the girls in the audience are screaming and Tyler starts screaming for one of the characters and is like you can just this fanboying out. There are a lot of people out there, a lot of commentary out there, and I didn't even need to read the commentary to know that this was our that this was the case. I guarantee you that Tyler is will at some point come out as as a gay gay man, as a gay boy. Um, he's closeted for whatever reason and he likes four town and he felt safe being able to do that. And I don't know if you saw at the very end, um, the four of them plus Tyler had friendship bracelets and he becomes yeah. part of their clique. He becomes part of their fan club, a, a part of their, their group. I was Tyler. I, I, I wasn't a bully. I got bullied. I came out much later. I've talked about this on the pod. I came out when I was twenty. I think it was 2005. Um, 
But I love boy bands. I loved the Backstreet Boys. I loved NSYNC. And I didn't love their music. I had crushes on them before I even knew what crushes were. Yeah. And 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 I didn't I didn't know how to explain it. I was having this conversation with someone at my bowling league on, on Thursday night. Like I couldn't understand why I liked looking at these really attractive guys i was you know to me it was i was just comparing myself to them but the reality was no i was actually i had a crush on them just like any 13 year old girl has a crush on them a 13 year old gay boy might have a crush on a on a boy band we had and the reason why i wanted to bring this up was at the end of encanto i was very hypercritical of disney's choice not to include any lgbt representation Disney did this right. They they did this right. It wasn't overtly there, but it's exactly how you would expect age-appropriate philosophy around sexual identity to be at that point. Disney did it right. And from what I'm reading, there's actually a little bit more of a story there for Tyler that actually got cut that could hmm. have alluded to it some more. But the, 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 the creators are not saying one way or another that he's straight or gay. They're just saying he's Tyler and he found a group of friends that was accepting of him. Disney did that right. Dis- I, I, I'm giving Disney a lot of credit here and I'm hoping that this is just another one of those stepping stones to get us to a, a full on LGBT character. Yeah. Um, I, I think we said this on the podcast before it was not screamed on a pedestal of, of like, Hey, look, 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 seamlessly put in there. Yep. And another thing I want to say of that scene where they spot him at the Four Town concert, they immediately drag him over. Yes. And start like like this is a kid who has bullied them, you know, has 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 been very very mean to this group of friends. And you know, the whole birthday party thing happens and yet they see him at a Four Town concert. And are immediately like, get over here. You are one of us. Oh my gosh. And, and, and I, I, I love that. I did not see the Tyler being a part of this click now. No, it was such an amazing plot twist. I really liked and, that. And I think what I love about it is that right now there's, there are 13 year old boys out there, 12 year old boys out there who might be afraid to express their interest in male movie stars or male TV stars or male celebrities. And they're seeing, okay, this is normal. This is okay. It's okay. Even if you're not gay, even if you're not gay, like Um, if you're a straight uh, 13 year old boy and you want to like a boy band, that's okay. uh, What is it? It's BTS right now. If you're a 13 year old boy and you like BTS, good on you, man. Like do it. We're 30 year old men and we're talking about Disney. (laughs) It's so amazing to me how judgmental of a society we have always been. This is not just America society. This is, this is, this is just human nature. We, we love to just group ourselves into I'm this group. You're that group over there. So somehow I have to hate you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, we have evolved and we need to evolve past that to say, look, I don't care who you are. If you're a decent human being, and even if you're not a decent human being, let's figure out why you're not. And let's make you a decent human being. Everyone deserves a second, a third, a fifth, a 10th chance because we all, it's like, it's like what Jen, Jen says to, to, to May, we all have a messy side. We can either choose to remove it from ourselves or we can choose to live with it. Right. We mm-hmm. all have messy parts of our lives that we're not. We all have a red panda. Yes, we all do. And and sometimes it's worse than others. But the reality is, is you don't have to necessarily embrace it, but make it, it it's part of who you are. Embrace the fact that it's there and don't be afraid of it. I think one of the ways that you know this is a really well done movie is over half this podcast. Yes, we've like we're referencing the movie. But we've had much deeper discussions than just, yeah. oh, wow, who, how fun was that movie? Ooh, this was fun. Ooh, that was cool. And don't get me wrong, like there's there's time and a place for for those like that. But I think of a movie like Jungle Cruise. When we did our Jungle Cruise, Cruise review, we weren't, uh, you know, really getting into the deep, uh, deep, deep life discussions. It was just, exactly. we, we were like, that was a good time. We enjoyed it. And there's time and place for that. But but I think that this movie really has opened up, you know, a lot of conversations 
this podcast being one of them. And I think it's, I mean, my wife and I had a conversation about it today and it's really opening up conversation lines. And I hope that it's maybe opened up conversation lines, whether it's about, um, you know, what's happening to my body or whether it's, Hey mom and dad, I really like boy bands and I've been very secretive about that, but um, or to your friend group, I really like listening to boy bands or I really like, uh, art and painting, or I really like ballet or w- whatever it is. I really like this, that, that, that I thought society viewed as I shouldn't like this. And, and after seeing this movie, I felt more okay of saying, no, 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 I can like something. And people, the people that don't accept me for who I am aren't worth it. And the people that do are going to be really close friends. I, uh, I'm reminded of a, a meme, a picture that my friend Sam um, shares often on social media when you get that jerk who likes to make fun of somebody for something that they enjoy that the jerk doesn't or finds whatever and it's simply shh let people enjoy things mm-hmm. it's that simple why must we why must others try to steal the joy from somebody for something they enjoy like you said we are 230 something i'm gonna be 39 this year god help me <laughs> 230 something year old men talking about disney in this moment talking about a movie whose target demographic was the nine to 16 year old female and maybe male and here we are talking about this movie we spent an hour diving into the social commentary on this but we talk disney all the time we talk marvel all the time whether you are a sports nut a boy band nut a chemistry nut uh um a disney nut a star wars nut a star trek nut Whatever your thing is, if it brings you joy, own it. And more importantly, if somebody else comes into your life and they have something that you don't understand, let them enjoy it. And maybe even try to learn something about it. You might enjoy it too. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I was never a Star Wars guy until Sam introduced me to Star Wars. Marvel, I wasn't a Marvel guy until Nate introduced me to Marvel. And here I am and I can quote it with the best of them, right? Yeah. Let people have their thing without trying to be destructive about it. Because at the end of the day, that's what life is all about is finding the little joys and pleasures in life. Um, and and, and it, they can, it, it's much easier and better to do when they don't have to deal with people who are making fun of you for it. Um, because at, at best, you just look like an idiot. At worst, you actually might do some harm to somebody by making fun of them. And that's just not, that's not, that's not cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> any other thoughts that you got before we uh, close up shop for the night? Uh, I think we measure movies by rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is this is one of those movies that I will put on randomly as a feel-good movie, and that again says a lot because i don't do that with pixar movies i I don't do that with a lot of disney movies in general there's a couple you know i've watched cruella four or five times at this point because i think it's great this is one of those movies like i'm i told you in the text like i wanted to replay it just because it was good it's a good movie i know i'm going to rewatch it with nate (laughs) yeah he wants to watch he actually yelled at me he's like why are you watching that without me i'm like i got a podcast (laughs) like we'll rewatch it but it's just it if you haven't seen it, obviously, if you made it all the way to the end of this, like, what are you doing? Actually, we did a really good job. We didn't really spoil the plot point at all. No, not really. No, no. Um, so, I mean, honestly, there's not really a spoilers in this pod at no, all. No, like, I mean, there's not like a, I don't know. There's not, I guess the Tyler thing is a spoiler. Yeah, kind of. But the actual, what happens at the end with, with mom and grandma and the Well, ends, and, and I, kind of cool. <laughs> I, I, I think, I think there's spoilers in movies like Marvel and Star Wars. I don't, I don't think like. This movie needs a spoiler alert. You know, here's what I'll say. You know, two years ago we reviewed Onward. Mm. I haven't watched Onward since. I've not I haven't either. It. I haven't watched <laughs> it since. Like to me, I I actually I've forgotten the plot point of Onward. I know oh, a little yeah. bit about it. Yeah. But this one I won't forget. This one is uh, that that is a sign of a great movie, and I hope that they give um the the director here uh Donna She or Donnie She um more to do because i Mm -hmm. think that she's 
done a phenomenal job. So, yeah, I agree. What about you? Anything on your end? Are we good? I think we're good. I think uh, it's it's closing time. So, Casey, how do they get a hold of us if they want to? <laughs> well, you can find us on www.sorcererrnetwork.com, where you can find all of our shows by category. I think we're up over 170 of them at this point. You can also find Matt's Mistress Podcast. That's continuing on display over there. We're almost done with did, season three. It's just a Mork and Mindy. Actually, that is one I'm going to listen to. I haven't listened to any of the other ones because I don't know any of the other shows. There's, but Mork and Mindy, I I. Uh, there so. is a fantastic moment because we discovered the origin of Mork. Oh, yeah? And because we didn't realize it was a Happy Day spinoff. Yeah, yeah. And we found the episode and, oh, my gosh. It, it, spinoffs are fun. I don't know if you've uh, um, completely unrelated, but you have Cheers, which had a spinoff of Frasier. And then I think it was a spinoff that came from that as well. And then... Golden Girls was a spinoff or had a spinoff of Empty Nest, which then had its own spinoff as well. Like they're like, it's fun when you start to piece those together. So yeah. 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 So anyway, check that out. If it's, yeah. um, it's, it's very fun. We've had, yeah, we're so having a good time. Sorcerernetwork.com. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Beers and Ears podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. Feel free to email us Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. If you haven't already subscribed, please do. And if you haven't rated and reviewed us, please do. Five stars, five stars, right, Matt? Yes, you betcha. Let's raise our glasses. Yes. And uh, this one's been on us, and we will see you next time. Yeah, next week we've got the Diz Games Challenge coming back. Ooh. Yeah, that means work for us, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Much more preparation. Yes. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.